Yo, what's happening, everybody? This is Jerome Thornton, man, checking in for the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast, the Quarantine Lean. And this is going to be volume six of the Quarantine Lean edition. And we're going to label this one, um, In the Midst of the Storm for African-American Men. Now, I want to salute all the hardworking, beautiful African-American women that's out there. We salute y'all. As a matter of fact, we salute all women. But specifically, I want to discuss some things that's really been on my mind for a long time about the mental state of the African-American man and how we are pushing ourselves to the side. And letting different factors become boundaries that we have to cross. And that's affecting us from an economic standpoint, from a mental standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint, and to some degree... A physical standpoint. Now, I know what you all are saying. You know what, Jerome? Man, you always come on here talking all of this crazy talk. And you know what? You're asking people to do this and telling people not to do that. But guess what? I'm going to continue to do it. And here is the reason why. At this point in time, we understand that it's one major factor that has been plaguing us African-American men for for the longest time. And that's incarceration. And then when we get out, we don't have the proper opportunities. And then it's re-incarceration. During this time, we probably had kids um, that we can't really raise properly because we're constantly going in and out of jail or we're qualified to do a certain position because we have the education and we're not getting paid properly. A lot of different things. And in the midst of the storm of all of these things that's going on, I'm asking myself, what are we going to do about it? I'm so sick and tired of us running the politicians. I'm so sick and tired of us just saying, well, you know what? We'll vote this person out and vote that person out. And then that's going to bring change to our community and make things happen for the better. And the thought process behind that really does make sense. But I'm asking you today, has it really worked? Okay. And my answer to that is. No, it hasn't. Um, Specifically, when it comes down to the mass incarceration of African-Americans and what our leaders have tried to do to curb that, they fought or they have trained our community to fight for us in the name of 
voting in the name of social justice and in the name of education. And all of these things are fine. Don't get me wrong. The combination of those are great. But when we look back and we look at our current state, we still see that there's high unemployment amongst African-American men. Um, for the most part, a lot of African-American men are so deep in the child support that is crippling them to even drive down the street. Because when you're on back pay on child support, they suspend your license. And I'm asking today, what are we going to do about this? I think that it's time that we accept responsibility for our actions or the lack thereof are our actions. And we start to create some things for us and by us. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, you know what, Jerome, what do you mean by that? What do you, what do you really expect someone that's, man, that's behind on their child support, that just got out of jail, that really don't have a, a place to live? What do you, what are you really expecting them to do? My thing is I expect them to have a skill and to start a business. And here's the most important reason for that, right? We understand those boundaries are there. And to be honest, I don't think that those boundaries are going to leave, right? But if we're constantly waiting for opportunities from the so-called powers that be that's going to look down and say, well, hey, you know what? This year, never mind the past 400 years or just say since the 60s when civil rights was really enacted to say, hey, we're going to. We're going to put African-American men in a better position. I don't think that that will happen soon. So why is it important for for African-American men to have a business? Not even if it's an actual thriving business. The importance is is because it gives an African-American man the opportunity to make his own money. To be in charge of something that's his. That he could have creative control. That he's the boss. It's time for us to get untrapped. And I'm speaking from a mental standpoint and from a spiritual standpoint. And even from a physical standpoint. Because, you know, there are some, there are some people that if they can get that job at Burger King or Walmart, or Meyer or whatever, it's not paying that well, they'll say, hey, man, look, I don't want to work for no, I don't want to work for nobody that's not paying me right. But at the same time, these same men does not have the actual skills to go out and actually make the 
let's just say 17, 18, 19 to $20 an hour range. And I feel as though if African-American men are start to, if they're being mentored enough to say, hey, you know what? If you learn this, then guess what? You could start your own business and you could be your own boss. I hear Rick Ross, Yo Gotti, um, Jay-Z, Chris Brown, a lot of people in entertainment talk about how important it is to own their projects, to own their royalties, to, to be in control. And that's in the, in the entertainment business. And I don't think that it's been communicated to the average everyday black man that he could be in control of his own business, that he could be in tr control of his own products, that he could be in control of his own destiny. And this is through business, not through employment, but through business. We have gotten to the point to where some, some African-American men, even though they're married, and this is being encouraged in some circles and in some areas of the country to say, hey, look, if your wife is more educated and she's bringing home the bulk of the money. You know what? It may not it may not be a bad idea for you to stay at home and become, quote unquote, a stay at home dad. That's some bullshit. And here's the reason why. Let's just say, for instance, that this man has boys and girls. What type of example is he being the head of the household? A male figure that's in the house that's going to be at home waiting for his wife to bring home money and food. For the house, what type of example is he setting? Me, myself, personally, I think that that would be a, a, a greater disservice to the kids about setting an example of what a man should be. Than anything, and I also think that it that it affects. An African-American man. Because it's, quote unquote, emasculating him. He shouldn't have to go to his wife and like, baby, I want to hang out with the guys this weekend. Uh, do you think you could, you know, throw me a couple hundred dollars? We're going to go out to the to, to the club and have a little fun or we finna barbecue or we got something to do and or we want to go to Vegas. What what man would would like to have that? To, would really, really like to do that. And then on top of that. Not only is this man staying at home, you know what, when it's time to go out and worship or be an actual steward to his community. African-American men, a certain population of them or a lot of population, this is a growing sentiment about they don't even want to go to churches and worship anymore. Because they're thinking that if they give the money to the pastor, that the pastor is going to misuse it. 
And as a result of that, they're doing something that's in vain and they and they will be better settled to praise God at home. Versus being an actual deacon. Being on the usher board. Or being involved in a, a voluntary setting in church where you go out and mentor young boys or young or young people. So guess what? Guess what we're left with now? We're left with one man in a church. And it's a almost predominantly ran by women. So guess what? It's going to look chauvinistic. To the point to where if something goes wrong, the head of the church, the pastor, he's almost going to automatically be blamed. And that's bullshit. I'm getting sick and tired of black men saying that somebody will, well, they wouldn't let me do this. What you mean they wouldn't let you do this? You're a grown man. I'm getting so tired of us noticing racism and using that as an actual crutch and say, well, you know, they weren't going to let you do it anyway. Man, we need to change that mind frame and thought process and start to to lift each other up through business through volunteering efforts to help each other and pull each other up by our own bootstraps I don't care if you gotta get out and pick up cans you need to be present in your household, you cannot let the Xbox 360 be your escape model to bury your head in the sand and not be an active member of your children's life. For your embetterment to better yourself in the future. I can promise you, and this is no lie, if we could add up the amount of time. African-American men spend on PlayStation, Xbox, and watching SportsCenter, it will equal enough time probably to build the Great Wall of China. And these things are coming from the mental misogynistic efforts of people Letting them know that, you know what, before you even get started, you're not going to make it. Man, I don't see why you start no business anyway. You know, black people ain't going to support you. Dumbest shit I ever heard. It's all bullshit. And even if they ain't, there's more people that you can market your business to than African-Americans. So now, can you imagine how a man, a man would feel on his daughter's birthday? He don't got two nickels to rub together to, to come to his birthday. And if he does come broke because he's on hard times, do you really, really think that his that the mother of his child is going to be receptive of that? Probably not. 
I could almost guarantee you it's going to be an Instagram post, a meme, a Facebook post, maybe a Twitter, maybe a tweet that's put out. And all of that's fair. But what I'm saying is, is that we have to combat these mental things that's coming at us from all areas. We're being told at this point in time that we're being hunted. Bullshit. That we can't even walk out of our door. How do you how do we expect? To make strides in our own lives, if this narrative is being pushed toward us, basically just telling us to stay in our own house. That we can't go out in the world and function. Bullshit. We have to change that narrative. And it starts with us. Right. We can't depend on um, other media outlets and other races to to portray a better picture of who we really are. And we can't depend upon and rest on the laurels of what our ancestors did when they first came to this country and continue to use that and say, well, hell, we built this country. Well, goddamn it, build some more for yourself. And I want everybody to hear me when I'm saying this. I'm not against no social or political movement. But this this is starting to get a little bit ridiculous. And it starts with us. It starts with the men. We can't expect our women to to support us to a fault to continue to marry down. It's African American women out there that are willing to marry down to a person, this lady could be making sixty or seventy thousand dollars, ninety thousand dollars. She's still willing to marry down to a man that's making thirty-five thousand dollars a year. Fellas, that's not cool. We gotta step it up. We have to step it up and say, hey, you know what, baby? We're gonna take some of this heavy lifting off of you. Because in spite of everything, you still ended up. And was able to rise up in the midst of the storm and make your life and the, and the life for our kids, our children better. Now, I know a lot of you all are enjoying the content. I really do appreciate it. If you all ever want to reach out to me, you could always do that on, on Facebook at Thornton Media, on YouTube, on, on, um, Twitter at Rome Empire and on Instagram at Virtual Hustle, right? Or you could email me at virtualhustle77 at gmail.com. I really do appreciate you all tuning in and, and just seeing what I have to say. The reason why I talked about incarceration is because incarceration has been one of the main things that's been holding us back. Right. How many times. When men are getting out of jail, do we encourage them to look for a job? This person needs to get a job. This person needs to get a job. This person needs to get them a job. 
And it almost comes as an automatic reflex. We never try to sit the person down and was like, well, you know what, man? We already know, you know what I'm saying, that right now, as far as employment is concerned, the deck is stacked up against you. Man, what are you, what are you good at? What would you like to do? Hell, you stand at your mom's house anyway, so it's not as though that you would have any like other scenario to say, well, you know what, I, I, I really don't have the time to do that. No. We really do. And, we, and when you notice I said we is because I mean us men. I'm, 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 I'm so sick and tired of hearing other men call other, other black men weak, lame, because they're not doing as well. And you want to hold your good position, your education over their head. And was like, ah, look at me. That's really not the move anymore. That's really not the move anymore. Because you know what? At the end of the day, if he's hurting really and truly, it's affecting you as well. Because believe it or not, your category, your categorically lies just like him or categorize just like him. So when they look at you, they're still looking at you in the phrase of him. They're probably thinking that you went to jail. That you're not educated. So the phrase each one teach one is real. And we really do need to start implementing this stuff as soon as possible. We need to start to retrust in ourselves as soon as possible. We have to untrap the trap. We need to start telling these men, hey, look here, man. If you're out here, you're doing wrong. My brother, you already know that's not going to last. You already know that you got three, four kids running around here. You know what, man? Why don't you go ahead and invest in you a business, man, so you can get out here and get legit and, and be the real guy that's really able to carry your family for generations to come. Because trust and believe, African-American men, we've been carrying families, but hell, they just hadn't been ours. That prison labor, we've been carrying generations. The amount of money that these that these prison owners make, we've been carrying their family for generations. It's about time that we take our power back and say, you know what? If we have to struggle to do something, then damn it, you know what? If we got to struggle, you know what? My kids ain't going to struggle and mean that shit. I'm a real big Rap-A-Lot fan. You know, I'll never forget when I first heard that conversation when Jay Prince came through and he was talking to Larry Hoover. And Larry Hoover was talking about how it's about 40 to 60 percent of men that are walking around. He called him a sleeping giant. And I never really understood exactly what that meant, because he was at first I thought he was speaking in the form of voting. But now it's in the form of activity. Because they're not producing. And I tell you this one thing for sure and two things for certain. When African-American men realize that they are able to produce and to see the fruits of their labor 
on their own. Our community is ready for change. And it's been ready for change. But see. Our issue is, is that. With this. With this. With this police brutality thing, it takes up so much because we've been traumatized so much that we forget to mention. When we talk about change, we don't talk about economic change. We talk about social change. No one never mentions the economic changes that needs to happen. We need to start mentioning shit to ourselves. Because as long as we're come, trying to crawl up that ladder socially and we're not recognizing and realizing that without economic change, there's not going to be any type of systemic change. Now, I don't care if you go to the mosque. I don't care if you go to um, your local church. I don't care if you volunteer at the YMCA or whatever it is. It is too many children out here that doesn't have nobody to let them know what's going on. And eventually these children, guess what? They are going to become men and women. And I don't want to hear shit about this generation. And you know what the kids coming up these days? Well, if you see the kids going down the wrong path, damn fam, won't you help them out? You ain't even attempting to say, hey, hey man, come here. What's your name? Hey, bro, you know what? I can show you a different way. I could at least try. Now, if you do, if you want to do this on your own, then that's cool. But at least I got to try to show you something. We got we got we got people around here that's on their high horse that don't even want to show kids nothing. They call them lazy. They're criticizing. They're calling them dumb. Man. If you don't step up, black African-American man, if you don't step up and be present in this time, can you imagine what it's going to be 20 years from now? It's going to be too late when you're in your 60s or 70s trying to tell a young 18-year-old something. They ain't going to want to hear that shit from you. They want to hear from the dude that's really, really still around here active. That's, you know, that's pulling up in a young Cadillac that, that, that got his own business that went to college. Or they want to hear from the dude that went to the joint that was able to shake back and he got his own ch little chicken shack or he started a tech company or something. These are the people that they want to listen to. Hell, they looking at you like, nigga, you done been to the joint four, five times and you still ain't on shit. So why should I? And I can't blame them. That's why I'm telling, that's why I'm trying to make this as clear as possible. Men, stop making excuses. Stop being emasculated because African-American women 
at this point have more education and they make more money. Stop settling just because you want to survive. Stop compromising our integrity. And I'm speaking when I say our because I'm speaking about me too. Our integrity is on the line. We're not trying to prove this to no no other different race. Hell, what about God? You don't think that he's looking down and was like, man, what the hell is wrong with these people? But most of all, man, at the end of the day, if we can't do this, we may not be able to do this in our generation. But one thing that we can do as men, African-American men with each other, is show more love and respect and honor toward each other. What's wrong with us respecting each other as men and talking to each other as men? It's men walking around here calling other men bitches and hoes. Lame. I slap your punk ass. What? Man, you better get back. Y'all, this is something that really needs to be addressed. But this is something that I'm going to continue on on another podcast. But I'd like to thank y'all again. For tuning in to the Chicken and Kool-Aid Quarantine Lean Podcast, Volume 6. And we're talking about the African-American man in the midst of the storm. And what we need to do to rise up out of it. Thanks again for tuning in. Man, my name is Jerome Thornton. Y'all be smooth and y'all be safe. I'm going to holler back at y'all.